Material discussed in this episode is for mature audiences only. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Hey, 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 what's up? Hello. I'm Jay. I'm David. I'm Jordan. <laughs> I'm Nick. And I'm Bonnie. And we're Brothers Unhinged. And I'm Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. Unhinged. <laughs> so we are honestly going to pretty much just jump right into part two here um, with our friend Bonnie. Um, She's uh, hanging out with us. What's up, guys? It's been a um, ride. But first and foremost, I am a little thirsty, so we got to take a nice little drinky drink to go. Watch it. Cheers, mates. And get a clingy. Tastes like Christmas. Cinnamon. It's my favorite. Cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> Cinnamon bits. The teeth and the tongue. All right, Bonnie, let's just go ahead and continue on where just we were like with your story here. Yeah, right. Okay, so we um, ended with I was dating in college, which was super fun and Annoying. Um, so. <laughs> Sounds like how the dudes were, maybe at the time. Um, maybe a little fun, but extremely annoying. So. With boners during church. Horny goober <laughs> central is what that was. Um, so. I'm a goofy goober. You want some splooge? <laughs> oh, God. So when dating was going nowhere, a coworker suggested online dating to me. Now this was 2006. Oh, this um, was like brand new i didn't kinda. even have facebook I, there wasn't like 500 MySpace? dating apps was that was facebook I not didn't have having fa- one was that your own choice or was that no. something that your parents said you can't I, have this? i didn't really know i didn't have facebook either until teach made me one after we got married and yeah. it was probably after myspace, was what about right? MySpace? i never had a myspace really oh. mm. uh, did you do msn messenger no. though yeah okay yeah nice okay i mean that's a dumb question um <laughs> so, nick didn't like what I mean, before there's like all these apps, what, how do you do online dating? You don't even have Facebook. So of course, like any super amazing Molly Mormon that I was, I, of course I went with LDSplanet.com. Yeah, duh. Now they have one called Mutual. That's where the good guys are. That's where the RNs are. Definitely where the good guys are. Yeah. Freaking predators. <laughs> hey, we, oh, I no, went through some I weirdos. Say, I would say wolf in sheep's clothing. Oh, dude. <laughs> I went through some wackos on that. Um, wow. So that didn't last long. I kind of set it aside. But then I'm at the ripe old age of 21 and not married you're, with you're a baby. Late. That's too late. Like, you're what's like a wrong? grandma Like, something Utah. went wrong along the way. Yeah, you're like a grandma in Utah. <laughs> three, years, three years too late. <laughs> so, like, by default, I guess I'm supposed to go on a mission. Like, Oh, they, that, you were thinking about that. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. I was going to get my shit together, go on a mission, have adventures. And then God was going to, like, bring all these miracles into my life. So I started my papers. We, we were filling them out online. It was like really tedious. 
Um, so one Sunday night, that's what I'm working on, and I realize, oh, I still have my profile open on that dating, you know, that LDS Planet site. I, maybe I should, I should probably go shut that down. I don't, I wasn't expecting that I had had any matches. Yeah, nothing going on. Um, so I jumped back in, and turns out, as fate would have it, I had received a flirty little message from my now husband. Shout out to Corey. What's up, Corey? Shout out to Corey. Corey. Hey, Corey. What's up, broski? Um, so I'm just going to... You had a different mission. Mm, Corey. <laughs> uh, I'll just give you a quick rundown of our story because that gets me to the temple and that's kind of where the shit show begins. Um, so he had gone on a mission to Brazil. He was doing one of those summer sales gigs um, out in Florida. And I just told him messaging online. I'm like, hey, I'm actually getting off this. I'm not really into the online thing anymore. But here's my phone number if you want to give me a call. He called the next morning as I was getting ready for work. But we had to wait till 9 p.m. for three minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, you go over a little f- bit. Oh. All hell that, would break was loose. Was that also oh, yeah. like... Same carrier or same carrier? Was it free minutes for them, or did you also Sa- still have same to wait? Same carrier I, was free, but except, different carrier was, it costed. No, yeah. we both had T-Mobile. Oh, really? He had like a $300 something bill, <laughs> and he went in, and she's like, what carrier does she have? And he's like, T-Mobile. And he's she the, the T-Mobile chick was like, hurry, put her on your five faves. And then it oh, washed I it all out. Oh, yeah. yeah. I oh my gosh! I'm technology. totally aging so myself here. I remember, here. Like, I remember those tough. commercials. <laughs> you guys remember? T- that's like the top friends. Like you knew you did something wrong with your group of friends if you got. Like, <laughs> you're not on my top five like, anymore. If you're no longer in third position, you're now in like seventh. I can't what afford to do? text you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> every, you drop down off every the list. Text, every text. <laughs> Nick's like, what are you guys talking about? So listen, listen. There I, wasn't you weren't always even born yet. My parents got so. I didn't so, go through this. My parents got so pissed at me. They're like, why? Why can't you just so, call them? I'm like, yep. you don't understand. And now they understand. It's not the way it works. Every, every text costs money. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, nobody had cell phones. When I, was, I graduated, I got a cell phone. And yet we still just called everybody. And then I came back from my mission, and there was no such thing as talking on the phone anymore. It was straight text, unlimited texting. But That's it cost level money back four then. of your relationship. You had to go mm, through levels yeah. one, two, and three first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we, you know, waited till agreed that we'd, you know, call it 9 p.m. And we ended up talking all night, every night for like a week straight. And then he was starting to, to talk about coming home. And I was like, well, dig your own grave. I'm going on a mission. I guess, you know, decide that for you. It shouldn't be about me. It was all about me. Um, Mm -hmm. So he came home and we never, once we met in person, we had built such a strong emotional connection through our conversations. I felt like I had known him for years. And when, once we met in person, there was no defining anything. It was just, what are we doing tonight? What are we doing tonight? What are we doing tonight? transitioned yep. in perfectly mm-hmm. yeah. yep and so within a month we we were already like we already knew like our relationship was this force that was just going to progress no matter what so i mean naturally i guess we do this thing right we seal the deal we get engaged we plan our wedding um i know that it was 
very much it blindsided our families because it was like I'm engaged what I didn't even know you were dating anybody You'd I thought you were going on a mission yeah I thought you were yeah. going on a mission I was going to say was there like a moment or a date or a specific conversation when you were like okay no more mission we're doing this I knew before he flew home wow yeah uh-huh. I knew yeah yeah and um good did you receive backlash Oh yeah, from not going like, on a mission. That's all coming. Okay, that was gotcha. like, that was like the bonus just, square for your. I'm family. laying the groundwork. I'll just like, sh- shut it's my mouth. Sprouting. <laughs> yeah. Shut your mouth. Um, so yeah, so we knew that it really blindsided our families. So we absolutely fully intended to have a very long engagement, so that our families could get to know us and you know acclimate and go through some experiences together and get our, you know, make sure we had our finances in order so that we could move out and afford to, you know, maintain an apartment and all of those things. At one point, Corey came to uh, church with me and my bishop pulled us into his office and he was like, congratulations, this is great, da-da-da, but you have three months. You need to be married in three months. You can plan a wedding in three months. Like, no pressure to our families or to us, right? Um, and looking and the financial aspect, yes. in general for that, yeah, it was crappy. It's counsel we definitely should not have listened to because it just put us and our families in this big pressure cooker. Yep, high stress. It was yeah. it's already a stressful time, but it like amplified. Yeah, the stress of everybody. Yeah, it. It caused so much contention. I was there. I can can speak to that because I was there. (laughs) Yeah. It caused so much contention. And our parents were not supportive in the beginning. My mom thought Satan sent Corey to keep me off my mission. My siblings thought I was selfish and self-absorbed. Corey's family thought that I was taking him away from them because they all lived close to each other up near Clinton where he grew up. And But he was constantly driving down to West Jordan to be with me. It was such a shit show. It, and we were naive. Like, we were so naive to think that because we had done everything right, you know, we checked all the boxes, we had kept ourselves clean. He was a return missionary. We were temple worthy. We were, like, going, we were doing the temple it's not good enough. marriage thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's, it, it was just another confirmation of it's never enough. It's never good enough. We thought, of course, our our families are going to be happy for us. We're doing it all the right way. That was the saddest part about the whole thing is the fact that, I know you're probably going to get there, but the fact that the people that were most happy for both you and Corey were your friends. Yeah, it was outside of our families. Yeah. I was there at a moment, that probably coming later, but mm-hmm. I, I had a small sliver in seeing yes. the show. Yes, <laughs> yes, you did. Um, yeah, so it turns out our families were our greatest opponents. Um, and I had a lot of anxiety uh, about going through the temple, and that only added to the drama. So I want to get in, just take a little side tangent here. Let's talk about what chapped my ass about the temple. <laughs> um, Bring your chapstick. Let's do it. <laughs> I got a little dry spot on my butt, okay? <laughs> You're expected to go in blind. Like, you you go in blind, you make all these 
you know, secret eternal covenants with God. There's no informed consent. Even if you take a temple prep class, you still don't know what you're walking into. Absolutely. Because it's all secret. You you know, you don't know that. Not supposed to talk about it. Nope. Well, you don't know that you're going to be naked under the sheet. When we get there, like, well, you have, I have something about this too. So, yeah. Do you want to interject now? You can interject. Keep going. Oh, okay. I want, I want, get the meat out and I'm like, I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Okay. I had, yeah, I had a major fear with initiatories. I really thought that I would be exposed in some way or put on the spot in some way. Well, Nick, Nick has no idea. So like, as soon as I said that, he's like, what? Like I, yeah. When, when we went through, it's not like that anymore from what I hear. We went through, you know, you put on this sheet thingy and you're naked underneath. Yeah. And that's really tame to what it was before we went through. It used to be nude, completely nude. Before you received... Culty as shit. Yeah. It yeah. used to be completely... Yep. So anyway, I kept, I, kept to, I kept trying to poke and pry and get intel. Yeah, you can um, ask questions. So that I could feel more comfortable. Like if we this is what questions. I had been working towards my whole life, why couldn't I feel at peace about it? Why couldn't I be... look look Or ready. Yeah. Too. Looking forward to it. Feel calm about it. Understand it. Yes. So nobody would answer my questions. Even Corey felt like he couldn't talk to me about it. I I was the same way with TJ. I felt like I couldn't. Yeah. And she kind of has a similar type of experience, not great experience, first time yeah. going through the temple too. And yeah, I felt like I couldn't talk about it. Well, and and if you show that um, hesitation or that anxiety, what what's everybody automatically going to attribute? You guys that had to? sex. Well, not only you that, but faith. like it's Satan. Yeah, you it's lack a lack faith. of Satan faith. Satan has come Satan. into you. Yeah, this yeah. is Satan trying to keep you. This is <clears throat> Satan meddling or whatever. Um, and so that just pissed me off even more. And I got to a point where I was like, if I can't feel good about this and comfortable about this, then I'm not going to do it. We'll do a civil ceremony, mm-hmm. and I can give myself time to get that understanding, to try to answer my questions and to feel good about it. Because if these if these promises to God are for the rest of forever, then shouldn't I give myself, you know, that courtesy to feel good about it before I go do it? Yeah, but if you get married civilly instead of getting married in the temple, there's another connotation that comes with that. That you had not, sex. That you had sex. You're it impure. was it always goes to that, right? It always mm-hmm. goes to the impure. You're impure. So that's why they got married civilly. It's just that stereotype and it's always there. And even knowing that it's knowing people you you know it's coming like as soon as people come home from the mission it's like oh what did they do instead of like oh maybe it just wasn't for them or you know you just jump right to the biggest thing Mm -hmm. and so you have that pressure on top of it bonnie when you were Mm -hmm. um trying to make that you're like yeah maybe we should just get civilly but then yeah then yeah 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 so i kept um, I kept trying to get answers, and there was one um, woman in my life, yeah. a friend. At mm-hmm. the time, I considered her my second mom. I was able to have conversations with her um, that I didn't feel comfortable having with my mom, and I brought these concerns up to her. And for whatever reason, out of everybody I tried to talk to, she was able to calm my fears. Um, so when you go through the temple for the first time, you can choose to have an escort. Most guys will have their dad go through with them. Most girls will have their mom be their escort. But for me, with 
how tumultuous my relationship was with my mom at the time and all the contention surrounding the wedding, she was not a source of like calm and soothing and peace. Like it was anything but. It just, it was more anxiety. Yeah. So we got all clever and we thought, I don't want this to be some family event. I don't want it to be some spectacle. I already like feel really hesitant about it. So we told my parents we were just going to go through. We told our families we're we're this is we're just going to go do it on our own. I'll just have a temple matron help me out through it. We're just going to go do it, get through it and like we'll see you guys on the wedding day. Explosion. Explosion. Oh shit. Balls. Really quickly before we get into that, I'll, I'll go ahead and share my thing just because it's a yeah, little sliver. My whole thinking about the temple before I went the first time was like, oh, it's just gonna be like church, but like super more deep. Like they're gonna talk about stuff that they don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Like we're gonna go into a room and there's gonna be a man that supposedly knows everything and has the answers to everything that you want to know. But yeah, because like, you don't cool. you don't know. Like, you're just yeah. making assumptions. And yeah, so you're I'm just like, trying okay, to this is great. I go in there. And I'm in, I've, I've been given a gift by a person close that has all the, the gear, I'll, I'll say. Yeah. And I can't open it. They say, you can't open it until you're in the temple. I'm like, okay. I don't know why. I'm like, okay, fine, or whatever. Nick's, <laughs> I love Nick's face with this whole thing. <laughs> Welcome, so, Nikolai. I walk into the, I walk into the, uh the locker rooms and I get on, you know, my white pants, my white shirt, my white everything. And then I have my bag, my other white bag that I can't open yet. I'm like, okay, I don't know what's going on. Okay, fine. All right. So I'm walking out of the locker room and a group of dudes walk by and they've just finished a session. And I'm like, in the whole get up. Yes. What yeah. is, is this? <laughs> what? And then I look at uh, I look at my dad, and he's like, "It's okay. You're gonna you're gonna know. You're gonna mm. find out." Mm. And I, from that moment on, I was like, <laughs> "Okay, this is Some this is a, this is different. Like, what is this?" And then come to find out, Just everything wait. that's inside get... that little pouch that I was carrying, mm. I was like, "All right, guess I'm doing this." <laughs> mm. So it, even yeah, even even though we were super like. We thought we were super prepared for what we were getting into, at least Definitely as guys. Not. As soon as you get into the session part of it, even with me being super LDS and super in at the time, it felt super culty mm-hmm. in the back of my brain. Mm-hmm. It just did. It was just weird. Yeah. Weird. But yeah, uh, it was it was interesting. But Sorry. I just had to throw that in there. But yeah. coming back to uh, you guys made a decision to go by yourself and basically yeah, cut well, everybody, all the meat mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll just, I'll just go off on your tangent for a second and get back on mine because once I had gone through, I had those same, like, what the hell is this? Why are we wearing this? This is weird. Completely um, sighed out of nowhere. Yeah. And like mine, my questions were like, why do I have to cover my face? Like, why do the guys get to promise directly to God face to face, but like, God doesn't want to see my face when I promise, like when I'm, I don't know what to do with my hands. Make promises. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with my hands, you know? Yep. They tell you what to do with your hands. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And like, the whole, the one that you're talking about was really just like, it felt, it was already weird, but then when that 
to mm-hmm. happen. Because that's at the end, right? What no. Talking no, about? It's, tr- it's in the middle of the endowment okay. session. Okay. And I'm just like, okay. And it just started to come at you more and more. And it just gets more and more like intertwined. And you know what I didn't realize till after I left is these are the little microaggressions of misogyny along the way. Like these are the little tidbits of sexism and, you know, mm-hmm. anyway. But the other one was like the whole... And I know they've changed some of these things since, which just makes it even more asinine as to why it was so necessary when we went through, if they were just able to change it. But the whole, yeah, like Jay said, covenant or promising to obey your husband as your husband obeys God. To God's angels and these witnesses. And I, I, I mean, it chapped my ass. I want a point for every time I say that. I just think I need a... Nick, start tallying. (laughs) Tally marks. Um, I I think we're at number five. I have to say, Nick's face in this whole episode, because we're we're getting into this. We should should just put the small tripod right in front of him. It needs to be on Instagram. He's like, huh? What are you guys talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But for me, like in the moment, I was like... You know, my little feminist side came out and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll decide if he's obeying God. If I think he's obeying God, then sure, I'll obey him. But like, I'm going to be the one to make that call anyway. And also, Corey is not like, thank God I didn't marry some, you know, arrogant Peter priested patriarch that was going to pull rank over me or exercise authority. Like, so no if prayers you, before sex, right? If you okay, know okay. Corey, no. Like, he's the most opposite to job, any Corey. of that. No uh, lights off, clothes on. No, you get the special, <laughs> Socks you sh- on. the special like pajama pants with the button. You keep the pants on and you just pull the third leg out. <laughs> hey, what about the butt flap? <laughs> oh, man. That's for the women, Jay. <laughs> so you were thanking god for Corey. how much of a not crazy off the wall he's completely god god this so i knew that i knew that that wasn't going to be an issue like for us you know like i knew i could trust him in that way um so getting back to the bomb that's about to go off um yeah i i had asked this other friend to be with me in the temple told my parents we were going on our own it totally got through the grapevine um and my mom lost her shit so we for whatever reason picked a wednesday to get married i was supposed to get take out my endowments the tuesday before and on the sunday before all of this goes down um I had, we had already signed the lease on our apartment, and I had moved in. You guys were living in sin. Yeah, Corey was bringing some of his stuff, but that Sunday before, you guys came over for a movie night. Yep. Yep, I still remember boxes everywhere and just like having yeah. to rest and hanging out. And yeah, just yeah. It fun, and it was a good night yeah. until it wasn't a good night. Until it wasn't, yeah. It was good until it wasn't. Oh, my gosh. So there's this knock no, at the door. No, no. Yeah. Um. We're like, who even knows we live here? Like, who is this? Open the door. It's my dad. He pulls me and Corey outside. He says, your mom found out that you asked another lady to be your escort at the temple. She feels so betrayed um, that she's canceling everything, including 
the reception and she's not going to be there. And because I'm her husband, I stand by her and I won't be there either. Wow. And then he left. And in your mind where you're like, I don't care. Fine. Were I you, wish. Were you, I kind of, or were you yeah. like, no, oh, she, God. No, you, it was, it was. It was an emotional night, and it, I know Bonnie just touched it and kind of blew past it real fast, but it was a scream fest. It wasn't like his, her dad was like, you know, this is what is going on, blah, blah, blah. No, it was like, like we could hear from inside their apartment. I know. I remember asking, like, what are we supposed to do then? You know? Do, do we still get married? Do we still get married? Do we just, I mean... And that's crazy. The reason to even um, bring that up is just to kind of highlight the pressure of, you know, this religious system and the pressure to like do things the right way and how, you know, for some people that are, you know, kind of like my mom and my parents that are more, you know, into the scrupulosity of it, the obsession and OCD of it, how it kind of warps your your brain that that was such a big deal that she couldn't step outside of herself and say, well, I'm glad you found somebody that helped you feel comfortable about it. I'm glad you're choosing to still go through the temple. We'll, you know, we'll be there to support you the next day at the ceremony. It was like, it goes back to having their self worth and I, so much of their identity directly tied to everything that has to do with yeah, the church. these church milestones um, so instead of congratulating and everything and making you feel good, they actually became the victim in your own story and said, well, you betrayed me, so mm-hmm. because you did this, I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm so hurt. It's, yeah. it's childish behavior, honestly. Yeah, it it was yeah. hard. And I mean, what are, like, what, what are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So the next day, we tried to salvage things. Um, I called all of my siblings and just took the took the heat fell on the sword apologized um some of them were fine with it others took the opportunity to just bash on me even more for sure they did i remember yeah and and i was like well don't feel any obligation to show up if you don't feel like you can come and support that's totally fine yeah um we tried to appease my mom that ended with screaming and her telling you know saying that I needed to just tell Corey to go away. And um, so there was contention and yelling right up to the temple doors, literally. So the the Tuesday, we're like, fine, then come with, like, come to, when I take out my endowments then, then just come, you know. So there was a little angel in my village of family and friends who will remain nameless um, who generously provided me with a little Ziploc bag and a few little pills before I went through Xanax for my, I don't she know. Does, she doesn't answer questions. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I was told they were muscle relaxers, but I will tell you one thing. If you take a couple little pills before you go to the temple, you will definitely have a spiritual, a spiritual experience. experience. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's a different love kind it. of sacrament. Love it. Different kind of sacrament. I was <laughs> living life to the I fullest. I was uh, calmer than I had been That's in great. a long time. You needed it. Yeah, 
I was totally zoned so out. So stressful. Yeah. Can't imagine. Um. Honestly, your wedding felt very um, contentious throughout the whole process, not just the temple, but also like the reception. When it should have been the best time and the most fun time mm-hmm. with all the family, because I knew which family members were giving you shit too, and mm-hmm. and obviously I knew the whole, I was there for like, yeah, the it's parents. It's crazy stuff. knowing what had transpired and, and seeing the fakeness, and like it brings it, out the two-sidedness yeah. of people. I just oh, we're so happy you're here, even though last night I thought yeah. I was going to murder somebody. Yeah, I just, I just felt, I felt bad, because it's supposed to be fun and happy, amongst all the stress about getting married but instead it just like you felt the the energy was was not yeah. where it needed to be in mm-hmm. that type of a atmosphere. yeah we we woke up the morning of our wedding literally wondering if anybody was going to show up to the temple but it was like well we're we're doing this i was there. anyway yeah jay <laughs> was there and it was weird <clears throat> because you don't know what you're walking into who's going to show up who won't and what they're demeanor is gonna be and so yeah when you walk into that ceiling room and everybody has these big fat smiles on their face you're like uh okay are we okay yeah like um what do we do i guess and the crappy thing looking back about the temple um the ceremony the ceiling ceremony is just realizing that it was performed by someone who didn't know us or anything about us Nothing was individual about it. Nothing was said about me or Corey or our relationship. And we didn't get to say anything ourselves. It was like a 30-minute Sunday school lesson on, you know, loyalty to the institution and go make more babies that you'll raise up to be loyal to the institution and, you know, off off you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're sealed for eternity so long as check, 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 you know. Yeah. One of our friends um, just got a divorce and, and got remarried, and they, they got married civilly, just like a, a normal ceremony, not in the temple. And that's something that he liked about um, doing it that way. They picked who they wanted to marry them, mm-hmm. who knew both of them. Mm-hmm. So there was actually very, um, I don't know, emotion like the emotional connection between the person that was marrying them was very beneficial for them mm-hmm. and good counsel and it felt um what's the word um oh my gosh not legitimate what's another like individual or personal person yeah just like a very personal message for them and and then you Sentimental. can yes and, and then you can also talk to each you know each other and say what you need to say and it was mm-hmm. it was kind of awesome and TJ and I feel like we kind of got cheated out of that yeah. because we did get married in the temple too. Mm-hmm. So we do feel like we yeah. got cheated from that experience that you always mm-hmm. see in movies and all the stuff. Like we want to do that. Ew, yeah. We did it. Uh, hello. Kirstie and I, I did it. I know you did. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, some of her family couldn't go. So that was, we had oh, the current weird. Bishop at the time. That was weird. And we did a little that. thing. That thing, in, uh, that, that was weird. The gym of a church. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I'll just kind of breeze through from the time we got married to our deconstruction was about 13 years. Um, so during that time and in our early years of marriage, we just kept trying to check all the boxes, right? Do everything right. We struggled for a long time to get our feet under us because, like you said, we didn't take the time to like 
figure out our education, our careers, our budgets, you know? So it's all that will like put the Lord first and everything works out. Pay your tithing, pay your tithing, pay, 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 you know? Um, and, you know, magnify your calling. So there was a lot, we had a lot of job changes, a lot of moving, a lot of praying and fasting and tithe paying and like the whole refiner's fire, you know, tri- the trying of your faith. Um, we, wa- we did wait five years to have our one and only child. I'm glad, I'm so glad we took that time. And we did have a couple of really good wards along the way where I did feel um, cared about and looked after. But for the most part, it was like what you guys had referenced where you've been there for three years, you you know have served in callings and been there every week and it's still like oh hey are you guys are new? you guys now are you oh, visiting yeah. you that, know like, yeah. that's just the <laughs> most crazy. awkward thing crazy. ever made like, my blood boil <laughs> i came time. over and moved boxes out of your garage so yeah, you're, you're like, like, I, I'm like i've been here longer than you <laughs> <laughs> yeah are you visiting like <laughs> that, from out of town good Anyone needing custom clothing or tumblers, go check out The Fading Daisy. She does a great job with sublimation vinyl on whatever clothing you can think of, and her tumblers and Stanleys are super popular. Check out our X, a.k.a. Twitter, and click on The Fading Daisy Instagram link, and check out her website, thefadingdaisy.com. So in 2014, I went on a little camping trip with two of my childhood best friends. Um, one of them, her name is Jessica. I, I mean, I don't have a young women's girls camp. I mean, every memory that I have, she was a part of. We did everything together. And um, she best was... Best of friends. The best of friends. Um, she was a year older, so she got married before me. And I waited outside at her temple wedding Um, I drove down to Fairview when, you know, she had a baby and they were blessing it. I mean, like every, all of the milestones, all of the things, you know. And during this camping trip, we were sitting around the fire and she um, confided in us that she had left the church. Did you feel your soul leave your body? Yeah, I like I felt like hit by a train or something like Like, how how could this happen no way it's like an out of of body experience yeah jay and i had not a crazier experience but you know like in the preteen like oh boys we gotta go serve a mission our across the street neighbor james one time he was feeling super heavy and he told jay and i on the front porch and then he ran across the street back to his house after he said that he's like i've decided i'm not going on a mission (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we were just like what you're supposed oh, to james we didn't know oh my like gosh. that's how no programmed. satan that's, got another one that's how programmed we were yeah it's insane Dun. yeah Dun. She w- another one bites the dust oh, <laughs> totally oh my gosh she just like really carefully explained to us that um she had like done all this research. She read the CES letter. She found all these consistencies. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you even saying? Like, you just need to pray. Yeah. <laughs> Have faith. Oh my gosh. Have faith. I didn't want to hear it. Like, and I had no room in my brain or my heart 
for it. Like zero empathy. It I, was just that. I was in the same type jerk. of boat. Like you and I, like that's just how we were. You were if, just shocked. I bet that just the whole camping trip from that point forward, you were just, just like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like weird. total anger and frustration. Like, how could you? No, like this, no. We're not going to be eternal neighbors. Yeah, there's no valid reason, right? There's no valid reason. It can only be Satan. Um, I remember at one point saying some shit like, you could put a mountain of evidence in front of me and I wouldn't believe it. I'd die for my faith. <sighs> that's like such that's a like, great that's like the epitome of the social justice warrior but on the religious standpoint yeah you can have like look this water is it's water and it's clear and it tastes like water and the person's like no it's not it's not water you can have it in front of me but it, no it's not that's the confirmation bias that's it's just crazy drilled into us blindly follow the- us with blind faith blind faith yeah, because we choose our beliefs first, and then we only accept evidence that mm-hmm. if something will match happens. That. Yeah, if something happens that's good in your life, it's because of the blessings and because we've been mm-hmm. doing what we've been doing. And then, if for some reason we don't get any blessings, then it's just because maybe we need to make some adjustments in our life. But you had an unclean thought on your way to work. That's why that happened. So yeah, yeah. It's trying gross. to justify Weird. the let, bad things that happen because of yeah. your unrighteousness. Let me pay fifty thousand dollars worth of tithing, and then I find a hundred dollar bill in my coat and think that oh, that's the blessing because I paid my tithing. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> gosh, no, it's good. Um, yeah, so I just went directly to like Satan. Satan got another one. Like Satan got a hold of her heart, and she was looking for a reason. Right? How many times they were looking? You're gonna find what you're looking for if you're looking Stay for away a from reason. Anti. Blah mm-hmm. blah blah. It's like a comedian that talks about him leaving the church. He's like a XLDS comedian. And he's like, yeah, one time, you know, we had our leaders say, yeah, don't go looking into anti-Mormon stuff or any literature or anything. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, you mean like a history book, right? <laughs> no, no, like there's a ton of quotation anti or um, faith destroying literature on the church's website within their own records. Totally. I have a, one of my beefs and I'll get into it. When we get to there, but I understand completely. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll, yeah. we'll get there. Yeah. So, you know, we're just struggling along and never really like getting reaching that prosperity or having things work out or, you know, it's just like hustle, hustle, hustle. Nothing's really getting better. Everything's a struggle. You know, when is that? Um, when, are, when are the windows of heaven going to open and pour out that blessing, you know? Um we're still waiting. Yeah, yeah. So after so long of breaking our backs, just trying to do all the right things and really not seeing any additional like benefits or blessings or prosperity. And pour ye out a blessing that there should not mm. be room enough to receive Yeah, it. we had a lot of room. Mm. We had a lot of room. I had a lot yeah. of room. So much yeah. room. So much space. So much space for activities. <laughs> But when those promises don't transpire, then like, what do you do? You default to doing the bare minimum. Like, yeah, did I right, was I not good enough? Well, then I know? guess we'll like just do enough to keep our temple recommend. Then, you know, like, cause what? Why? Why do any more? For so many years, you were doing it. Oh, well, I remember mm-hmm. when I was going through my divorce, and I was just in it, like the depths of just misery. 
and uh, one of the ward leaders came over and talked to me, and I basically just laid it out there. I'm like, I did this, 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 and I was promised so many blessings, and and I did everything the right way, and then this were to happen. Like, can you explain to me that? Tell me why. Mm-hmm. And it basically stumped him on the spot. You could tell he wanted to say something like, like, I don't know, what is it, witty? I wouldn't say witty, but like the comeback that you would need to hear from something that. Something profound. Something profound and scriptural and everything. But you can see in his eyes that that's not going to work on me because I was like, look, mm-hmm. here was what I was doing and then this happened. Show me the why. Show me where the promise is. And he just couldn't answer it. And that was just like, yeah, that's, that's where I'm Where's at. Where's the blessing of, um, you know, eternal life with my family by following all these steps? And oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole narrative of, like, um, paying your tithing so those blessings will come or whatever. The Lord doesn't need your money, but you need those blessings. That didn't work in our lives because some of the greatest blessings we received came when we weren't doing all the right things. We weren't temple worthy and we weren't um, paying our tithing. Well, it's like, it's like when you look at a ton of people around who aren't members of the church, because we're talking, I mean, we're talking about 6 billion people, 7 billion people in the world, and you're talking 15 to 20 million people of the church. What a discrepancy, right? Less than 1%. Right. So how are they receiving blessings and being successful? They're not paying tithing. They're not following the commandments. Like It's kind of bogus. False idols, Jay. It's false worshiping. Chosen people are less than 1% of the world's population. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And I mean, on the flip side of that, the times in my life um, where we've absolutely lost the most have been times when we were doing everything right and then some like that i can attest to yeah because everything imploded right you can ask them i had a moment where we were like yeah let's go have a beer this that and the other but then there was a moment in my life where i shut it down i was everything guideline and they are like what the hell is this about i had to stop hanging out with them because they were doing things that weren't in line and I was that person. Like I did everything right. And then my whole life got torn upside down. And it was David bad. became Jay. Jay mm-hmm. went the opposite direction. <laughs> exactly. It was immediately like that. <laughs> right. Trading places. <laughs> Twist. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So we just, I guess that's where we kind of started to become disenchanted with all of it and kind of started to realize like, this isn't all matching up. The fog's starting to clear. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we started to make some of our own boundaries. Um, I, I know, I knew, and you know, my husband agreed that we never wanted our son in a worthiness interview alone. Um, especially like with the guy down the street who just agreed to take on the mantle as Bishop, like, like literally maybe the first two guys turned it down and he agreed. So now he's going to be, you know, behind a closed door with my teenager having you know, sexually explicit conversations, like, that's a no. That's not happening. Like, hell that, no. That's going to be a boundary for sure. Yeah. Especially me. I have three daughters, and then I have a stepdaughter and a stepson. And I put into perspective, just based off of my 
understanding as a boy and remembering questions and then hearing accounts from other women about what they were had to talk and discuss. And I'm just like, I try to put myself in a position to think about my kids being asked those things and into those situations. And I'm just like, yeah, no, mm, no. Well, and even thinking about my son going through how, how bad I felt with some of the things that I thought were so bad back then and, mm-hmm. and having it make me feel like I was a bad person. I didn't want him to feel that way either. Yeah. I didn't want him to go into that interview and then have them say something that makes him feel like he's less of a person, less of a man. Yeah. Um, because of maybe something that he did or that is not right within the church, you know? Yeah. And we were far more concerned with um, our son feeling safe enough to be honest with us than anyone else. I felt like, well, Corey's his priesthood authority ultimately anyway, and he's in a better position to gauge his worthiness than, you know, the guy down the street. And, you know, so, and I mean, it's an uncomfortable truth, but there are no safeguards within this religion to you know, protect youth in that way. There's just not, there's not even, they're not mandated reporters. There's no, um, background checks. Like I have to pass a background check to volunteer in my kid's class at school, but like, you don't have to pass a background check to be, you know, the young men's president or. Yeah. I I remember I had to just go on what website, put my name and information and a few minutes later, congratulations, here's your registration number. You are now able to participate in group activities. I'm like, all right. Yeah, who's who's to say that it's not someone who's not registered themselves at the city that they are a sex offender or something, and all of a sudden they get called to some big calling that's over young people mm-hmm. of the ward. Nobody knows because they haven't registered. Right. And... So Swept now, under the rug. Now yeah. all these activities that we're sending your kids to mm-hmm. now are in well, tr- are being taken care of by this said person. I have no idea how it is now because I've been out for so many years. But based off of just how it, crazy that that topic has gotten over the past, I wonder if there's been any changes or any processes that are done now that weren't done when we were in it. Because I don't, I don't think so. That's a big deal nowadays, especially with the whole woke movement and sexual abuse and harassment, Me Too's and all no, that. No, the church um, wipes everything under mm-hmm. the rug. If they know of an abuser, they will um, intentionally withhold that from the members. They, they pay out tens of millions of dollars well, every comforting. year um, <laughs> to settle sexual assault cases within the church. That's crazy. And, and, and I think what it comes back to for me is that they're far more concerned with their reputation and, you know, protecting the good name of the church than protecting any victims. They can stand up at general conference and say they don't condone abuse in any way, but that's not where they're, that's not what the dollars show, you know. Yeah, because you report it to them and they report it not to the police. They report no. it to I the hotline. Wonder, Kirk, Kirk and McConkie. I wonder what type of, like processes one of the financial individuals at headquarters when they have to go for expenses and see these types of payouts and just realize like how many things that they are basically in the process of hiding or that's happening because it's all documented it has to be but that's part of the criteria of being hired for those positions like or being a dnr put in those what positions? is it dude what's what what is not dnr what, what is it called nda yeah and also like 
part of that interview process is basically, are you willing to lie for the Lord? Oh, and we, I don't know if we've wow. discussed this um, in the prep, but there's a whistleblower quite mm-hmm. recently when they found out about tithes being utilized to further the portfolio mm-hmm. that was in the financial department. And he's like, I've had it. Yeah. And whistle blew. And, you know, it's funny. I, I discussed this with some people that are close to us. Yeah. Did you guys read about this, that, and the church taking tithes and expanding portfolios and stocks? Like, what do you mean? He's like, where'd you find that information? Uh, Deseret News, Salt Lake Tribune, like legitimate news sources. Yeah. And, and then they ended up reading and like, well, one person that I had told him, there must be a reasoning behind it. But then the other person's like, well, the good thing is, is that they've stopped it now. He's like, well, do you think they would have stopped if they weren't caught? And then like, no, no. no. So um, when you have, when you reach the threshold of having $100 million in, in your portfolio in, in the stock market, you're required to file a 13 F every quarter. So rather than have, one um, 13F every quarter that's showing $160 billion. They, back in like President Hinckley's time, they created 13 fake LLCs under like really... Shell corporations. Yeah, under really like obscure names like 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 Johnson (laughs) Consulting or like shit you would never think, you know, um, to like spread that out. So City hide the money. Mall. Yeah. So each of those thirteen companies each filed or yeah, they each filed their I think I got the document name wrong, but they filed under those thirteen companies four times, because you have to file every quarter, four times every year for twenty two years. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of lying. It's a lot of intentional lying. It's a lot of like, are you honest in your dealings with your fellow men? That's a no. Times 13 companies, times four times a year, times 22 years. Plus an ever expanding on the monthly for tithes and money coming in. Thinking it's going towards something that it's not. Yeah. And And then going into, you know, countries third world countries telling them to tax their way or tithe their way out of poverty. It's gross. And one of the discussions we had, it it sickens me to hear somebody that's a member, I mean, of of leadership that says when somebody comes to you and asks, do I uh, spend this money to feed my family or pay my tithing? You always need to tell them to pay their tithing because blessings will come afterwards. And I'm like, it just makes me sick thinking about that. It's gross. Yeah, because I couldn't find that scripture where... Jesus said, thou shalt take the sacred tithes and offerings and dump them into the U.S. stock market. Like, I, I searched really hard for that one. I just couldn't find it. It's a modern revelation. Oh, damn. You have to put your head in the hat and see it. Dude, I... Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> hey, Jay pushed the button, the right one. Stop Good job, pressing Jay. the button. Wait, let me... Wait. Yeah. Ah, yes. Tender. Far, 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 far. um so i guess like we're we're coming up on my deconstruction i am a true crime junkie i love watching documentaries i just soak them up i don't think i've missed an episode of dateline i just i don't know what it is it draws me in um so i 
spent a lot of time learning about other cults and high-demand groups and religions, Scientology, Heaven's Gate, um, Jonestown, all of that stuff, watching, like, Escaping Polygamy, all that stuff. And it's it's so crazy how you can easily pick out the crazy culty shit and red flags in other systems, but then you're still going, like, but that's not my belief system. Nah. Good thing Couldn't we're not here. a cult. That's, like, no, that's not, that's our not group. A, that's not us. These are the ways we're different. What about Nexium? Did you do mm. anything on that one? Yeah, we're yeah. Get, yeah, she'll we're get crazy. That. She'll get we're to it. To that. So, I think at this point, this is kind of when my perfect storm is brewing. Um, do we want to cut for the next? Yeah, that's probably a good a good spot to break it up and then we can get all the way into my deconstruction. On I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Part three I, coming, I, baby. I, I got some church trivia for yeah. y'all. Honestly, yes. I, I'm i going to be completely trivia. honest with you. I haven't rabbit holed as much. I go off of my leaving of the church through my personal experiences and my own thoughts without having to dig deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. But I know what you've done and I'm yeah. excited to mm-hmm. hear yeah, it's going to be great. Same. We're going to stir the pot. Absolutely. Before uh, thank we, you for the opportunity for coming. Yeah. It's awesome. Before we finish, though, we, we have to have the thing of it is, though. Absolutely. The thing of it is, it guys, is it. this one, it's kind of cool and crazy because it's like it made me think about your your body and like, oh, that's actually true. Everything else works except this. So <laughs> human teeth <laughs> are the only part of the human body that cannot heal themselves. Not made of any live tissue, like the teeth itself, and they're coated with enamel, which does not regenerate. So everything else on your body knows how to repair itself on the DNA spectrum, minus your teeth. And that's why dentists make a fortune. <laughs> wow. Totally. Thank you for sharing that, David. Uh, we're going to end this episode. We wanted to thank you all for listening. Thanks for uh, sticking with us. Uh, if you want to check us out, we are on Instagram, X, YouTube, TikTok, all the <laughs> all the major apps. Um, all the major beverages. Um, go listen to us on Apple Music, uh, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. Love y'all. Love thank ya. you. Thanks, guys. Grazie. I'm a go get her, it's in my bloodline, she know better. You been hustling a pussy boy, don't stress it. I could go get her in one try just to show levels. Uh, new drip with some old lover. Look how I do it, effortless when I'm moving, yeah. Look how I do it, effortless when I'm moving, yeah. Look how I do it, effortless when I'm moving, yeah. Step up by the way, get back in your lane. No, I ain't shaking hands if I don't trust you. Got a bottom and it's your bottom, go.